Girlfriends, episode number 344, Praying with Music with Sarah Hart. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking with a special guest who I could have talked to for six or seven hours, but we were limited to just 30 minutes. Sarah Hart, a musician, a wife, a mom, and just a a real girlfriend. You're going to really enjoy this conversation. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriend. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, As I said at the start, I really loved my recent conversation with Sarah. But before we get to that, I just want to remind you, if you have not already, and why haven't you? subscribed to the show notes for the Girlfriends podcast, you can do that really easily. Just text the word girlfriends to 33777. A great way for us to stay in touch with each other. Great way to make sure that you don't miss a single episode. Great way to know that in your inbox are all the links to all the good stuff that we're always sharing here on the podcast. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go hunt things down and it's going to be right there for you. So text the word girlfriends to 33777. That only works for folks in the U.S. If you're outside the U.S., I know we've got some of you. You can always go to ascensionpress.com and you can subscribe to the show notes there and you get the same deal. You get all the show notes in your inbox and a bonus fun thing that we like to do is I share a different song, a different song of the week for the Girlfriends podcast. And you can only get those. I don't share them here on the podcast. You can only get them by subscribing to the show notes and getting them in your inbox. So looking forward to sharing with you about that. Also, I want to mention the Girlfriends community. If you have not yet checked out our online community of women who are going deeper, going further, connecting more about the topics that we share here on the podcast, I would want to invite you to check it out over at girlfriendscommunity.com. One thing I especially love about this community are our twice a week live video chats that I get to host. And I would love it if you would be a part of those. It's really been a great way to get to know each other, to pray together, to share what's going on in our lives and really focus on the most important stuff, growing in virtue together and encouraging each other as we work our way toward heaven. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what real community is all about. And I love that this community has kind of been a fruit of the podcast here. And so if you enjoy the podcast, we would enjoy having you as part of our community. It would be a real gift to have your presence there. So you can check it out for free over at girlfriendscommunity.com. We'd love to be able to connect with you there. All right, moving on to my conversation with musician Sarah Hart. I have loved Sarah's music for a long time. And this was just a real, a long overdue conversation because she's a talented musician but just really just a woman who shares from her heart and she is on fire with love for God and it shows in everything that she does. And bonus, she shares um, a little bit of music with us here on the podcast. So at the end of today's show, you're going to want to stick around past the interview, past that second segment of the show where we talk about um, listener feedback. And then at the very end of the show, we're going to close out by sharing some of her music, one of her favorites, which is called Do No Harm, a really beautiful a beautiful piece of work that's really so clearly from the heart of a mom and someone who loves the Lord. So looking forward to sharing that with you. But first, here's my conversation with Sarah. Sarah. 
Joining me here today on Girlfriends is a special guest, Sarah Hart. So Sarah is a singer and a songwriter, a retreat author, and keynote speaker. For over 20 years, she lives in Nashville, Tennessee. Her heart as an itinerant minister for parish missions, youth and women's ministry, has taken her all over the U.S. and abroad. She's performed countless conventions and events, and for Pope Francis at St. Peter's Square. I I do need to hear that story. A Grammy-nominated songwriter, her songs have been recorded for numerous recording artists, including Amy Grant, Celtic Woman, and Matt Marr, and have appeared in TV, film, animated works, and commercials. Her writing is visible in hymnals across the globe. You might have seen her there. Sarah has authored four retreats for parish missions, women's retreats, and adult catechesis, which she presents nationally. But here's my favorite part. Sarah's favorite job is that of wife and mother. You're a girlfriend already, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Thank you, Danielle. It's so good to be with you this morning. Oh, I am thrilled to make this connection with you. There's so much for us to talk about here. So maybe just to get us started, let people know a little bit about your background. How did you get started? Why were you looking to get started in singing and songwriting? You know, I'm not sure that anybody ever looks to get started in singing. (laughs) It happens to you, right? (laughs) I think it happens to you. I mean, yeah, most of the musicians that I know, it's just like, they couldn't help themselves. So <laughs> I think most everybody who's in music is there because they know that if they weren't in music and doing it, they would just wither on the vine. So um, most of us, I think, feel compelled and called rather than just wake up and say, I think I'll be a musician today, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I always say I didn't, I didn't get much choice in the matter, but I'm, I'm glad the choice was made for me. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And we're glad too. <laughs> you have a, such a wide variety of music having been working for so long. Uh, people can follow you on Spotify or wherever you get music. Also over at sarahhart.com. That's Sarah with an H. So two H's in a row in that URL. People can check it out there. But let's talk about since that last line of your bio is that your favorite job is as wife and mother. Tell us a little bit about your family. Okay. So I have been married. Actually, this year we're hitting 29 years this year. Wow, congratulations. I know. I can't believe Beautiful. it. It's just, it's it's such a, a mystery and a miracle because we are like the world's most different people. And yet we <laughs> we love each other so much. So it's, it's just hilarious. And we have two daughters. Um, my oldest daughter is 22 years old and she actually is in college full-time um, mm-hmm. down in Florida, but she also works at Disney part-time. So wow. um, that's really fun for me because I get to visit free. And <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so that's, a good, that's a good thing. And then my youngest daughter, she is also in college in Indiana and she's majoring in theater. So we became empty nesters, not this year, but the year before. And it's been a really interesting time. And I'm actually really grateful for it. You know, I, I, of course, the point of having children is to let them go eventually, you know, (laughs) you can't hang on forever. So it's just beautiful to watch them and see them sort of spread their wings. But it's also been kind of cool for my husband and I to be able to like date again, which is hilarious because- Yeah, because I spent so many years just on the road and he would be with the kids on the weekends while I was traveling and I would watch them during the week while he was at work because he has like a typical nine to five. And and so just like the first week that Evelyn was at college, he came in my office and he goes, hey, do you want to go to dinner tonight? I'm like, absolutely. (laughs) Like we can do that, right? That sounds so good. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So yeah. Do you have littles? You have kids? No. Yeah. So I have eight kids and they range in age. My youngest is about to turn 16 and my oldest is, how old is she? She is 28. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you're approaching this time. You're approaching it when 
they're all flown and you get to look at yes. your husband and go, hey, let's go <laughs> I, on a date. I know. And I feel like we're already there because I tell people we don't have an empty nest. We have an emptying nest. And yes. there's those shifts and changes every year. You know, it's a little bit different. Somebody else is gone or, or sometimes one is home for a little while. And kind of really the family true. dynamic is kind of shifting and changing all the time. But very different stage of life. And and that's something for sure we've talked about here on Girlfriends, that, that this is a unique stage of life that I don't feel like enough people, enough Catholic women talk about. You know, we right. talk about the toddlers and the potty training and, you know, we bond over all of that. But then it's like, well, then what, what, what next? Like, and that, for know. me, it, and I think it sounds like for you, it's like a thrilling opportunity. Like what? Yes. Next? Wow. We can do things that we weren't able to do before. But do you know, it's so, it's so spot on that you say that because I do an awful lot of women's retreats and, and even just parish concerts, but most women, I, I think the number one thing that women say to me, they'll come up to me at, at the event and say, Hey, you know, so I wonder if you could, you know, help me pray for me. I am, my kids are all gone or they just left or they're going to be going and I don't know who I am. Like, and right. that is just the scariest, saddest thing for me to hear. Yeah. I hate I hate hearing that. And, you know, it's kind of like you have to find yourself all over again. I, I I just wrote this last week. I said that motherhood is that thing that causes you to lose yourself and find yourself all at the same time. But then when the nest is empty, you have to go back and say, okay, it's time to find me again. It's time to, to really focus on myself again. And that's no sin because I think mm-hmm. sometimes motherhood has a way of, it, it becomes our purpose as it should. But the truth is that we were all built for more than just one purpose. Mm -hmm. So remembering that God has many purposes and many plans, you know, I've always hated God has a purpose and plan. Well, he doesn't have just one purpose. Like God's got a lot of (laughs) And then when it's done, you don't know what to do, right? Right, right. (laughs) And, and, you know, I think about women of my grandmother's, my great grandmother's generation who, when their kids were grown and gone, they just like became old and retired to the rocking chair. And it's like- wow, that is just not at all in line with with what God wants of any of us, you know? Right. Oh, I so agree. I think that's really a beautiful way of looking at it. And like that you're continually kind of finding yourself and losing yourself in something and finding yourself again. I think it's a a beautiful way to kind of describe what the feminine genius is, that we're we're pouring ourselves into things. And um, one way that I like to talk about it is that, you know, you're a mother. Yes, there's motherhood in, you know, traditional sense, the way we understand it when you're raising your kids those crazy busy years. Mm-hmm. But mother is a verb and we are rock stars at it. Like we're yes. built to do this. And so your kids might be flown and grown and yet God is still calling you to mother, meaning love the people in your life, love right. whoever it is that he's placing in your life with that unique brand of self-giving, nurturing, generous love that we women are so good at. And exactly. I, I can see you're doing that through your music and, <laughs> you know, and then in your marriage. And that's been something too. I'm glad you mentioned that about how fun it is because it's something I've certainly experienced together with my husband, Dan, but also I've seen other people that they're like, this is a time when I can nurture my marriage in a way that I could not when, you know, yeah. I was overwhelmed with, you know, the the craziness of, of family life. And it's not that mm-hmm. you don't nurture your marriage in those years, but there's an opportunity to go deeper in that relationship. And it truly is a beautiful thing. Oh, it's been amazing. We've, we've just loved it. We really have. And so we feel very, very blessed to kind of be at this point. It's a little yeah. bit, you know, like, like, uh, we just got back from Canada. I was doing some gigs up in Canada and I took my husband with me because I was like, Hey, you want to go? And he works remote. Yeah. He, oh, you know, perfect. he's remote full time. So he was like, sure, I'll go. And, and I had talked to the girls about it and they just, I could tell they were a little sad. Like, 
you're not taking us with you. Like, oh, family trip without us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's an interesting part of it too is, oh, well, sorry. You know, this it is, is how it goes. That's so funny. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I've, I felt similar things in, in my marriage where, you know, the kids have gone away to school and we've kind of like adapted, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Dan and I got quite used to having alone time in ways that we never did before. And then I remember one of those first like Christmas breaks when like all the college kids were home and it was like complete shift and dynamic around here. I remember one evening, like Dan just turning to me and being like, we're never alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I'm true. feeling it. And I can and only imagine with eight because I only have two. So but with eight, it's a different story. I know, but it's so funny how they want to be with you. And it's great. Yes, oh, it's I what know. That's what I always tell my husband, praise God that we have raised children who still love us and want to be with us and want to spend time with us. Because I know so many people with kids who want nothing to do with them or, you know, it's just, it's so hard. And so praise God that we raised little people who are still like, Hey, we want to go too. You know what I'm saying? So we want (laughs) to spend time with you, you know? Exactly. And then you want to spend time with them. Like that's actually been one of the most shocking things for me about, about motherhood at this stage is like, Oh, my kids aren't just these like needy little creatures, you know, that I love them, of course, but like, they don't just need, 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 want, want, want. They're like, they're awesome people that I love to hang out with. I know. Wow, shocker. I didn't know that's what we were doing here. It's (laughs) so true. Like my girls are totally my best friends in the world. Completely. 100%. I mean, there's no, there's nobody else except my mom maybe, but like there's hardly Mm -hmm. anybody else that comes close to the kind of friendship that we have, not just mother, daughter, but friends, you know, and that's, that's miraculous, really. That's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful witness your family is. Mm -hmm. And you as well. You as well. Well, let's talk about your new single, which is Mother Mary Pray For Us. Tell us the story behind. I know every song has a story. Yeah, well, this is Tell us the story behind this one. It's kind of a long story, actually. It's a short story that I can make a long story. So would you like that? (laughs) Let's do that. Let's do it. (laughs) Well, actually, you know, Okay, just just to talk about Mary for just a moment. So I grew up Catholic and I grew up in southeastern Ohio. And I went to this little Catholic school and every day we would pray around the statue of Mary. We'd say a decade of the rosary before school, before we went to classes. And also I lived right across the street from my church. And from the time I was little, I loved music. My family's very musical, so we would always sing. But I used to go across the street and I would sneak in church and open the back door and I'd go sit underneath the statue of Mary and sing when I was a little oh, kid because I knew how to get gosh. into the church, you know. So I was really like as a child, pretty, pretty devoted. And then, you know, teenage years happen. And when you go to Catholic school, sometimes you get kind of... Uh, God, whatever, like I've done this all my life, you know, and and I know more than you do and all the stuff that you go through. And so I went to college and pretty much stopped going to church in college altogether. And, um, Mm. and I was out one night with dinner with some friends of mine from music school and we were talking about our faith and they said, you know, so what are you? And I'm like, I grew up Catholic. And one of my friends said, Catholic, you grew up Catholic. Like, man, you're such a feminist. Like, how can you guys worship Mary so much? Like she's such a doormat. Like that he said it kind of like oh that. Oh my you know? gosh. And for whatever reason, that just stuck in my brain and I could not mm. remove it. It was like, yes, she was a doormat. Absolutely. Worst example of femininity ever. Worst example of womanhood. Like just said yes to this thing, let people walk all over her, just let people abuse her and use her and whatever. Like I could I could not get that out of my head. Mm-hmm. And then Fast forward many years and I, I had gone back to the Catholic church and my grandmother was dying and I was in Florida. Um, I know this is a really long story. I was in Florida with, with my grandma and 
I knew when I got in the door that she was dying. We were all kind of going down, taking turns, taking care of her. And I knew, I knew she was a day or two away. So I called my, my mom and her sister and my aunt Mimi was already there. And I said, now's the time come down. So everybody came down and it was the four of us, my mom and her two sisters and me. And we sat on my grandma's bed for an entire day, 24 Mm -hmm. hours basically. And we just kept vigil and we sang and we prayed the rosary a million times. And we sang every song that we knew because my grandmother loved music. And we sang a lot of Marian songs too. And I remember there was a point when I was praying the rosary and looking at my my aunts and my mom, who didn't pray the rosary very often, let's just say that, you know, be honest mm-hmm. about it. And I thought, wow, what, how powerful is this, that like this group of women sitting vigil gathered here and praying the rosary over my grandmother, that this is who we would turn to in this time, that right. Mary is who we would turn to in this hour. And and all of a sudden, that that label of doormat, it was like it was just removed from my brain. And, and I had this whole new perspective of, well, here's a woman who suffered the ultimate suffering and, you know, gave up her child and watched what the world did to him and right. knew from the moment it happened, from the moment it happened that she knew she was what she was getting into. And so that doesn't right. seem like a doormat to me. That seems like rather a tower of right. strength. And and so everything kind of flipped on its head. So then the next year after my grandma died, I had a baby and I just started calling out to Mary a lot more than I ever had. And one day I was here in my office and uh, my kids were gone at college and some, you know, you know how the dramas of young life happen. <laughs> yes. And there had been some dramas. I've seen a few of those. Yes. And there had been some dramas of young life. So I just put the phone down when I hung up and I was crying because I was so worried. And I just said, Mother Mary, pray for us, you know? And, and I just started saying that a lot more, just the words, Mother Mary, pray for us, meaning my family, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And one day I was just like, I think I need to write a song, Mother Mary, pray for us. So I just, I, that's how it happened. And, wow. and the way I went about it was kind of not to get too personal. Um, I just went to the names of Mary, which I love the names, you know, we have names of Jesus, the names of Mary. And I just, right. I love some of those names of Mary are so powerful. The names of Jesus are too, but uh, some of them are just so powerful. And, and I decided right. I would just write those into a song. And, and I really think it's a prayer for the world. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed, but our world is a hot mess. And so <laughs> like just to call out to the mama and say, Hey, we could really use some prayers down here, like, we you know, could. so, um, yeah, so oh, that's, that's a long story, but yeah. yeah, no, I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. And, and you're so right. Our world needs Mary in in ways that most people don't even know. And so what a beautiful prayer right. to be praying for your family in its personal way, but then praying for the world at large. Is, is that something that you, you consciously think about, like making your, your music a gift to the world, to the church, or how conscious of that are you? Or are you just like, this is in me and I'm doing it. I'm pretty clueless, uh, to be honest. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've gotten a little more in touch with it over the years. When I started out, it was, I, I like to call it conversations with God. What I, The way I like to say mm-hmm. is I'm having conversations and not they're not always about God. There's They're right. about life. They're about truth. They're about, you know, where I'm, where I am at any moment. So they're always just conversations that I'm having with, I think, with God about everything. And mm-hmm. I and and the weird thing that music does is it lets other people be privy to those conversations. So right. I, I'm it's just me letting people into the conversation that's in my head and my heart at any given moment. And I've really seen as a writer over the years how that has morphed and changed. I I will say that I'm more conscious now of writing for liturgy specifically in a way that I wasn't before. I'm still writing a lot mm-hmm. of my own artist things and 
a lot of other kinds of music, but when I write for liturgy, I'm, I'm really thinking, would I as a congregant be moved by this lyric? Would my heart be moved by what this is saying? Will this music minister to me or wash over me in a specific way? Will I be able to sing it? So that that's a little bit different than most of the other music I write, but, um, but yeah, yeah. usually I'm just, in me, I got to do it. I can't help it kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful thing. It's, it's, it is a beautiful gift to the church and to the world at large. I mean, it's such a, a beautiful way of expressing your, your Catholic faith is what comes through in, in all of your music and in the lyrics, but also just in your in your voice and the way that you, you deliver it. It's so, such a beautiful gift that God's given you. Okay. Do you have another song that you might want to share about? Like, do you have a favorite story that goes with a song or what's, what's one of your favorite you know, creating moments. Right. Oh my gosh. There's so many. Well, I could pick one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Time is limited. (laughs) Well, I will say like, I think one of my favorite songs I've ever written is a song that was on my last record and it's called do no harm. And, uh, I am a person who does not like harm. And when I say does not like harm, I mean, in all of its forms, I, I really, um, I've tried very hard in my life to raise two children who love boldly but walk softly and don't wound people with their cruelty or their words. And mm-hmm. I see a world that is so inclined to do that now. Um, right. even in some, even sometimes our own church does it. And I, I'm Catholic and it's my church. So I can say that honestly, that sometimes right. we wound and that's because we're human and humans wound mm-hmm. one another. And so, it was just really a prayer for my daughters that as they go out into the world, that they would, um, they would do no harm. And it starts out mm-hmm. talking about, um, leave the bird on its nest. Um, do not clip her wings, protect the little things, you know? And, and I, I think sometimes if everybody in the world could truly learn to live like that, where we love one another on the kind of level that Christ loved us without condition, without fear, without angst, without division, um, right. that it would just be such a perfect place. It would just be heaven on earth, you know? Yeah. What a beautiful thing. I have not heard that song, but I'm going to look it up. Okay. And as you're describing it, I was wondering, are we able to, I don't know about like the rights and permissions. Are we able to share some of your music here on the podcast? Oh, like I could add something please, at the end of the show. Absolutely do girl. Okay. I'll send you like 15 records. What do you want? No. <laughs> <laughs> to me but I, I don't know it sounds like that song if if we could maybe share that song at the end of today's absolutely. show would be a beautiful thing I would love yeah. that I would absolutely love it if you would yeah okay wonderful so listeners stay tuned at the end of today's show okay the very end we're gonna have more of the show after this conversation and then at the very end we'll play that we'll play that song for you so you can check it out okay so let's get back to the family thing because you balanced all of these things that you're doing. I mean, it's like yeah. writing books and leading retreats and writing music. And and in the midst of it, you you had this family. Like, mm-hmm. so, and I think, you know, more than anything else, this is this is what I hear from women, like, is how do you do that? Yeah. How do you do that? Because there, there's probably some people listening right now that are like, have a gift for music or they're they're listening and they're like how did she do that i just want to know like wow and and you know that's <laughs> i'm wondering how that what that balance actually looks like in the nitty-gritty well i this is like one of my favorite stories ever but one time i called my mother when i had children and i was working on a, a retreat for mothers like a like a motherhood kind of a thing and i called mm-hmm. my mom and i'm like mom you're an awesome mom like 
tell me like if you could just in a sentence whittle down motherhood whittle down motherhood and my mm-hmm. mother was um unfortunately my uh, my father had a lot of problems and so I grew up without a father. My parents were divorced when I was two and I never knew my father. So she is my saint and my hero. She was just a kick butt single mom and amazing at it. But I I asked her one time, you know, mom, what's just give me a sentence. And she said to me, she thought about it. She said, "Mm, mistakes were made. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved that because, you know, it's so funny. We want to talk about motherhood. Like we just put it up on this pedestal that it's always just this bed of roses and flowers. And like, if we're not the perfect mother, then, you know, something's wrong with us. And the truth is that our children come flying out of the womb, 90% already who they are. And, you know, so we, we just have to, they're an exercise in learning to love and accept. And then just life is just messy. And, you know, we love our children and they drive us crazy. And we're trying to juggle all the things they do with all the things we do. And so it is imperfect. And I think what I've learned about it the most is it is imperfect and that is okay. And I can look back and say, man, it's true. Mistakes were made. Like, would I have loved a job where I could have been there for my children every weekend and I didn't miss plays and I didn't miss dance recitals and I didn't miss, you know, a myriad of other things because I was on right. the Yes. Would I have liked to be there all the time? Absolutely. Yes. You know, would, would I have liked to maybe, um, have more time with my husband during my marriage, you know, because now we're just on this crazy journey of rediscovering each other. Like, they, like there are things I look back on and go, I, I wish I could have had it. But, but the truth is, it is what it is. And we as mothers have to welcome God into the mess of it. We just have to say, mm-hmm. Lord, it is imperfect. This is craziness. I don't know what the heck I'm doing half the time, but I right. know that you are in these children and I know that you are in this marriage and I know that you are in this life. So just come Holy Spirit and help us get through it. I, I knew when I was in the middle of it, like when I was traveling all the time and writing all the time and raising babies and all of it, I knew, and I would say it out loud sometimes, I would say to my husband, someday, someday we're going to be on the other side of this and we're going to look back and we're going to go, how in the hell did that happen? Like, how did we, how did we do it? Right. And now here we are. And now here we are. And so I know I'm kind of rambling, but just part of you asking me the question is my answer that I don't know other than to say grace gets you through it. And you just, you just go, well, it was busy. It was insane. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. God made a way it was, it was imperfect. And there were mistakes made and God made a way. And, and it wasn't always exactly what I wanted. And yet the Holy Spirit was in it. And so I think mm-hmm. that's the best we can say about it. Mothers are just way too hard on themselves trying to make everything perfect when perfect really doesn't exist. And the only perfection that exists is perfect love. And if we can love our children perfectly with that love of Christ, then that's, that's pretty much all there is. Wow. I don't think we need to say anything else. <laughs> that's right. so perfect. And I, I love that you share that. The mistakes were made. That's a great family motto. Yes. Um, and, and, and I can so relate to it, you know, I, and, and also the kind of looking back and saying, how did that happen? And that's how grace works, right? Mm-hmm. Because we didn't do it. No. Like, And that's ultimately what I try to tell people when they ask me those things. And in fact, you sharing about looking back is um, reminding me of a recent conversation I had with my mom when I was going through a weekend where it was like one thing, another thing, another mm-hmm. thing, another thing. Thing. And then I was taken off somewhere and she was like, one day you're going to look back at your life and you're going to say, how on earth did I do right. that? And, and I said, I already do that. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing now the stuff I was doing like 10 years ago. And 
that was crazy, yes. you know, and, and I even see it like among our friends who like have a bunch of little kids all in succession all in a row. There was one time after mass that we found out this young couple we know is expecting again. I think they're fifth in like almost mm-hmm. as many years or whatever. Oh. And I remember on the way home, Dan was like, is that crazy? And then I'm like, well, <laughs> and then I'm like, we did it. Yeah. Like, so yeah, it's crazy, but we did we it. Did it. So <laughs> it just, it just looks different from a different perspective. So I think that that's, that's really a helpful thing for women to hear. And I think people need to hear that message. Exactly what you just said, like it is not perfect. And I've come to know that that lack of perfection is actually a great gift to us because it reminds us who we are and who we are not, which is we are not gods. And it's a gift to our kids. Like, I'm not God to you. Mm -hmm. I love you with this enormous love. And yet it's not the perfect love of God. And you can only get that from God. And so I'm going to fall short in maybe many ways. I'm going to disappoint you and I'm going to, you know, mess things up. And I think the more we can embrace that, the more peace we're going to have as moms. Absolutely. And I think that you hit the nail on the head because you know, we are, whether we like it or not, and moms really need to be aware of it. I'm so aware of it. We're living in a time when perfection is just absolutely thrust upon our children. And oh. TikTok and Instagram and everything makes everybody appear to have these perfect lives and these hilarious lives and these lovely lives. And these. And the truth is, it's all a mess. Everybody's life is a mess. Mm-hmm. And underneath all that surface crap of what people are putting out there, there's there's truth. The reality, which is we are all broken people. We're all loved people. We're all wholly in our in our own way and on our journey to, mm-hmm. to the Lord, but we are broken people. And I wanted my kids to know that. I, I always was very honest yeah. with them about, hey, mom's having a bad day. Like I would just say, I'm a little depressed today. I would I would say it because, you know, there's no sense in not showing our children that we are perfect people or trying to be perfect people. It's just not right. it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so people can find you online. So um, sarahhart.com. So that's with an H at the end of Sarah yeah. and heart is H-A-R-T. Yep. So sarahhart.com. That's where they can get information about you, but they can find you, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, all of these places. And then you mentioned Instagram. Yeah. So um, I do. I have an Insta. Are, it's Sarah Hart Music official, or I think it's Sarah Hart Music. And then I, Sarah Hart Music. I just looked yes. you up this morning. And then Facebook <laughs> actually is where I post most of my stuff. I have a Sarah Hart okay. Music official page. So any videos, okay. I write prayers, I share stories, you know, all of that kind of stuff is there at Sarah Hart Music Official. Wow. Okay. So, so much there, folks. Definitely go and check it out. You can get all of that information in the show notes that are available over at ascensionpress.com. All of those links will be there. If you want to subscribe to the show notes, text the word girlfriends to 33777. Sarah Hart, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being here on Girlfriends today. But more importantly than that, thank you for the generous way that you use your gifts. It's a real beautiful gift to every person, but to me in a very personal way. Thank you for that. Thank you. Well, thank you for your gift too. And you know, the the funny thing about gifts is we don't get to choose what they are. We're given them. So just (laughs) make sure that you use them and don't hide them. And I say that to all the women out there, do not hide them. Find a way to use them because they were given to you for a reason. Oh, beautiful words to end on. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, Danielle. We've got more of the show coming up for you. But first, we're going to take a quick break. I am Danielle Bean, and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Hi, I'm Sonia Corbett, the Bible study evangelista. When I became Catholic, I had a really hard time understanding the role Mary was supposed to play in my life. So I went to her and I told her, I just don't get it. I need your help. And guess what? Mary did just that. She showed me a way to pray that has revolutionized my entire life. 
Mary has been called the mother of listening. She didn't just hear the word. She knew how to hear it in light of her own relationships, circumstances, and habits. And then she let the word transform her. I realized that I had to share what I was learning about Mary's way of praying with others. So I wrote How to Pray Like Mary, a step-by-step guide to discovering God's voice in the scriptures and letting Him transform your heart. I invite you to learn more about How to Pray Like Mary at ascensionpress.com or on Amazon. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I'd like to share some listener feedback with you or a question. And uh, this week I heard from Teresa who calls herself a listening Nana. I love that. Um, As a new grandmother myself, (laughs) and I'm still, I'm not Nana. I'm just going by grandma, but that feels weird. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm, I'm kind of growing into my new identity and I'm hoping it doesn't age me too much, but Oh my gosh, what a joy, what a gift to be a grandmother. And I'm I'm just I'm overjoyed to have these new little little people in our lives. All right. So anyway, Nana Teresa says, Hi Danielle. I just finished listening to the authors of the St. Monica book about what to do when your children or other family members leave the faith. I was very determined not to forget to send this follow-up thought that I heard when I heard Sophia's question about how to stop obsessing with waiting to get pregnant. I remember that time so well, and I loved your response, especially time for prayer and where you told her to use that time and energy on something positive. So here's an additional thought on that. Sophia refers to motherhood as a strong vocation for her. When we are called to a vocation, it's not a waiting period. It's a time when you learn and gain as much knowledge and information as you can. Yet often when we're waiting to get pregnant, many of us are focused on that, the waiting. Three months is definitely not a long time to wait to get pregnant, but perhaps there is something the Lord wants her to know or realize that she hasn't yet, and that would prepare her. One of the things I wish someone had told me was to spend that time thinking about what kind of parent you want to be, examining your relationships with your husband and family members, spending time talking to and watching those parents that you admire the most and seeing how they parent, maybe even take a doula training class. I wish there had been as many resources when I had children 35 years ago as there are today, Although now it's overwhelming. Obviously, she's got a great start if she's discovered your podcast. That's all, except to say thanks for all you do. You make a true difference in the world. P.S. I'll be buying the St. Monica book. Blessings, Teresa. Thank you so much, Teresa. Uh, you know, I, you're one of those listeners that I just know that um, we would really connect in real life. So oftentimes, and in fact, it just happened last weekend when I was speaking at a parish here in New Hampshire, that someone comes up to me afterwards and they're like, I listen to the podcast. And I'm like, you are my friend <laughs> because, you know, I know if someone's listening that they totally get, they totally get it. They get me. And, um, and so that's a gift. So Teresa, thank you so much for that. And I hope Sophia is listening and anybody who's in that situation is, is listening because, and even if it's not someone who's like waiting to get pregnant, I think this advice is such great wise advice for anybody who's feeling impatient, like waiting for the next thing. Like maybe it's a single person waiting to get married, or maybe it's a married person waiting to have a baby, or maybe it's a mom who's waiting till all her kids go to school so she can go back to work part-time or, you know, whatever it is you're waiting for. The temptation is, as you say, Teresa, to just focus on that waiting when really, if you're feeling a call to something, then there are lots of opportunities to kind of prepare yourself for that next thing. And to be, you know, fully living out that vocation in the stage of it that you're at right now. So I love that. It's very wise. And you're obviously 
a very wise and experienced mom and Nana yourself. So thank you so much for sharing that, Teresa. And I hope that Sophia will write in with an update for everybody. Um, We would love to hear from you. And if you have a question that you want me to take on here, or if you have feedback from someone else's question, this is what I love. I love that we can hear on the podcast share the things that are going on in our world, but then other people listening can offer their feedback and offer their experience, offer their wisdom, and I can put it back out there so that uh, more people can benefit from it. Really a beautiful thing that we're able to do here on the podcast. And we can do that in spades through the Girlfriends community. So if you're not already checking out what we're doing over there, really want to invite you to check it out and come come hang out with us at girlfriendscommunity.com. We have ongoing conversations about faith, marriage, parenting, wellness, homemaking. I love sharing recipes on there and and even just sharing photos and videos and, and cool stuff that you have going on in your life. It's not social media. It is intentional community that we are building together online and it will only be enriched if you are a part of it. So please come check it out girlfriendscommunity.com. Be so honored to have you join us, but I'm also honored that you're here in the podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're a first time listener, I want to say welcome. Thank you so much for giving us a try. I hope you're going to be sticking around for future episodes. All right. That's all the time we have for today, but thank you so much for being here. I love connecting here and I am grateful for you until next time. I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. No pain.